Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast. Like I do every single week, I bring some incredible corporate leaders and celebrities to share their stories in hopes of changing the culture and narrative around mental health. Not so more than today, we have an incredible business leader over in the UK, Brad Burton, is the master of teaching people how they can not only make better decisions, but a whole lot faster. This energetic entrepreneur not only helps just small growing companies, but regularly motivates and speaks to global organizations such as Bentley, JCB, Costa, and NHS. An author of four business books, is also the UK's highest rated five-star business author on Amazon, and a founder of Four Networking, which is the UK's largest joined up national business networking organization. Before we do get started, there is something that I do want to bring up because it's a quote that goes by, your success or failure is defined by your ability to make decisions want more success, make better decisions. So we're going to get touching on that, but first and foremost, welcome to the show, Brad. Cheers, Glenn. Uh, Glenn, you know what's lovely about this technology? Technology and this whole situation, this last 12 months, which has been up and down, let's be quite clear. However, what's lovely as a result of COVID, I've met you, we're pals. No. Exactly, exactly. And to put it in context a little bit, there is a new application out called Clubhouse and okay. I've been in the UK for 17 years and I, I stumbled upon yourself and literally my wife walked into the room as I was listening to you sharing your knowledge and wisdom and she said, what are you laughing at? I was like, you, you yeah. just resonated with me because you keep well, it real, you keep it true, you speak about your vulnerability, you share it and you turn your vulnerability, your adversity into positivity so if i think about my life i mean first and foremost you know laughing fun is a thing if you're not having fun in your business why are you doing it you know and that's what i have is that like i have fun i'm always just like a fun and happy are my two main driving forces for business which is bizarre but it really is from from my perspective you talk about adversity you know i've had a nervous breakdown uh, many, many years ago, and we'll talk about later, I've had a burnout. So I understand mental health is a massive thing. And I was I was, I was, was talking about mental health before it was cool. Like genuinely, you know, I've been on this thing uh, last 2012, wrong, wrong way, mirrored. 2012, I wrote that one. And actually, I wrote about my, 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 my um, you know, my breakdown. And it was two and a half years to fix up. So I get it. I get it more than most. But I'm not, I'm also not, uh, I'm not embarrassed about anything. I'm not. Um, I'm not scared to talk about it. And I was talking about this, like I say, in the UK, before anyone even. Like genuinely, I was. I was way ahead of the curve as I often am. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I love about you, and that's when I first came across you, and you started. You started sharing like your vulnerability and what you'd gone through, and I think with this podcast, with this campaign, it's about uncovering, getting to know people that we often see, like yourself, as a corporate leader in front of hundreds of thousands of people speaking, celebrities, and we think, what would they know? They can't possibly go through. So I wanted to really destigmatize that in itself to go, you know what, like COVID, mental health has never discriminated. Let's have these conversations that nobody a lot of the times want to speak about. So yeah. let Yep. You've got the biggest guns I've ever seen in my life, right? Like amazing, right? <laughs> like, no, but you've been training obviously years. Now what happens is when you first started training, you never had these big pythons that you've got, right? And what happens is when you go to the gym, you lift the weight up. The idea is that you rip the muscle so it grows back stronger. Your brain is a muscle. Yeah. And there comes a point that you go to a gym and you can't bench press it. The weight's too heavy for you. Um, or, you or you put, you know, leg press or whatever. It's too heavy. What's going to happen? You're going to cause yourself injury. The same goes for mental health. And so many people don't see that. They just think they can keep piling on. But this has got, it's a bit like a, having a pint glass. Once it's full, nothing further goes in there. And I know this, like I say, firsthand. It was interesting last year is that, you know, let's be quite clear. It was a difficult, challenging year. And I run a network with thousands of members in the UK. And they were all looking to me. The people expect leaders to be strong. And I remember the pressure that I was under. My ears were popping and that was an indicator. That's a blow my ears out, right? And, and what I was doing was, before COVID, I'd have coping mechanisms called going to the gym. I'd go to the gym, I'd listen to me drum and bass, talk to me, mate, while I'm driving there, 45 minutes drum and bass, they'd come back and they, well, then all of a sudden, you know, I knew this COVID thing was coming. So what happened is I, uh, I, was, I was like panic buying eight weeks ahead before anyone else was. I swear, 
And my wife's going, what are you doing? And I've played enough computer games in my time to know exactly that this, without looking the boards, and that's getting to us. So I was panic buying, right? Panic buying everything beforehand, so well before any of this happened. And then as this, my, my network, I've been running it for 14 years, uh, million pound plus business a uh, year, it went to zero overnight. So that's immense pressure. Then you've got everyone worried. Then the news is out, and all the kids, and then the kids are scared. So the pressure is building. So then when, when you come from this normal coping mechanisms, like I say, gym, nutrition, and so forth, now you start moving into the zone of Red Bulls to keep yourself busy, to keep yourself, because you've got to work really hard, and then you're on more Nespresso's and, and caffeine, and now you're not sleeping well. Now you're drinking more to go to sleep, and then you get in your cycle. And when that stops working, when you've gone from nutrition and, and water and everything's normal to, to, to Nespresso's and, and, and mini cheddars, right? Uh, you know, when, when that stops working, you then get into adrenaline. Now, adrenaline years ago, <clears throat> fight or flight, let's go 10,000 BC, you and I would have been sat on our ass while the women did the real work all day. And actually, uh, a saber-toothed tiger comes into the village to attack, and then we and you are spears, and we have a fight with it, fight or flight, and we kill it after, after an hour. And then we go back to sitting on our ass. We have been in fight or flight mode for the last 12 months. And it doesn't help because everywhere you look at 24-7 news, you're looking at riots that are going on, things that you can't impact. So remember what I said about this whole thing about a pipe pot? You've got no more you can put in. So all of a sudden, now you're getting frustrated that you can't put it in. And what happened to me is I remember the first lockdown, when it kind of eased up, my mum came over, not seeing my mum, she was 75 or 75, she still is. Uh, she came over and uh, I dropped her off on a Saturday. I always remember this. And this was obviously like January, June maybe last year. Dropped her off. And when I came back, I had to lie down uh, in, in my bed, bedroom. And I started shaking uncontrollably shaking. If you've ever seen a, a shell-shot World War One veteran who's been back and you go, why are you shaking? And then I started sweating, sweating like it, the biggest workout you've ever done, that. My back was sweating, it was drenched. And then when I went to go to the toilet, it would take me 15 seconds to walk to the toilet for a three-second walk normally. I turned into an old man and I remember being on, on the bed going, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying. And that was, like I say, last year. And what happened is it was a nervous breakdown or a burnout. There's a difference between the fundamental and a kind of clock it. it was a, I thought it was a nervous breakdown. I thought it finally got on top of me. And uh, I contacted my team and said, look, I can't do this. I need to have a week off. I had a week off on sick. And then I had a week playing computer games and I was fine. But I'll give you an example. My wife came in and said, do you want a cup of tea or coffee? And I went, uh, um, um, uh, you know, my biggest tool is my ability to think fast. It had gone, it had been stripped. And that's because I've overwhelmed my brain. And, and it, you know, and, and that's, and I'm someone who's resilient. I'm someone who, who prides myself on this razor sharp brain, gone, shot to pieces. I was like Superman with kryptonite around my neck. And this is the, 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 the danger with, with mental health. Your biggest chance of success is your brain. Your biggest chance of failure is your brain. Wow, so powerful, mate. And I think that's that's one thing in, in the notion of this campaign, disrupting corporate silence as well as social media. Because as you, as this corporate leader who stands up in front of all these organizations, what would you say or do you say to these who think that they have to show this ideal of perfectionism, that they can't fail or be seen to be failures? Great question. So there's this kind of uh, mentality you know, which is hustle and grind and we need to work hard and we need to put more. Let me tell you something. My team, right, if they can't be bothered working, they tell me, I can't be asked working today. Cool, <laughs> right? I don't, like, force people to work. It's pointless. But what happens is when people are flowing, that, that's what you need to do. So what I would say to corps is, is they kind of got the wrong metric here. You know, how many hours have you worked? Not how many hours have worked. How effective are you? I'm wondering what I, I do with my team, I swear. Right? It's not about how many hours you work, it's about effectiveness. And I would rather my team works four hours at 100% than eight hours at 50%. Yeah. So it gives you that time. So, so for me, um, I would say to, to anyone that is kind of looking at this, from an effectiveness perspective of your workforce, look after the mental health. But don't just be a soundbite. Don't just be a little tick box that you put on your, on your, on your documentation. Get it right. And, and that, that means being really honest about it because otherwise if it's pebbles in shoes don't magic the way out so if, if your staff are struggling you know at some point you're going to have to stop and get them to set the pebbles of the shoe out and i actually with my guys i actually asked them you know um how happy are you on a scale of one to ten today 
And like literally, this is what we do as a, as a management team. And if they say a five, they say you're the line is either a four or a six. What's going on? And he let us know. Okay, well, a bit of time off. Fundamental different way of doing it, but it does require a kind of unpicking. And I think that that, if you look at this whole thing of the last year with COVID, it's a great reset. So it allows for a workforce to be able to do it and actually forget about the rules of old, do it your way. And that's all I've ever done. Look at me. People said you can't be a motivational speaker. Why not? You know, you've got shaved head tattoos. You look like a drug dealer. I'm not a drug dealer, by the way, anymore. Anymore, Glenn. But you see, the point I'm making is we can all change. And that's what this is about, change. It is. It is. And I, I actually, a good friend of mine called Abigail, she actually shared a, an article today on the corporate sector in America. And not just America, but it was talking about the 888 rule. Whereas now we should be looking at eight hours of work again, eight hours of play and eight hours of like, I think it was downtime or, or whatever it was. But basically it's stating that these days before the reset, as you just said there, people were working up to 19 hours a day which was causing less productivity, more stress, people taking their life sadly. And this is what this 888 is now going. If we live by that, eight hours a day working, then family time, and then actually your own time, like you are living a healthier, more productive life, and your teams are going to get better. So exactly what you said there. But I just want to take you back a minute. Like you've come so far in what you do now, in 14 years of, of building this and going through your highs and your peaks and your troughs, where did it all start for you? Because I know your background, what you've shared with me and what you share with people. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, think, I think that's so amazing just to show people that it's not just this highlight reel that no. books, you're an author. Where did you start? So, so listen, um, am I Brad Burton? The guy whose dad left when I was six months old. My mum brought me up, a single parent, moved 14 times from the age of eight to 14. I left school with no qualifications. Uh, I got shot at when I was 21 over in Manchester. Um, I've done four years on benefits. I've been addicted to drugs twice. You've got to work really hard to get addicted twice. And uh, I delivered pizza at 31. Oh, am I Brad Burton, the UK's number one motivational business speaker, four-time best-selling author, founder of Four Networking, Network Central, One Networking, entrepreneur. Two sides of the same coin. And no matter if you go back far enough with everyone, you're going to find something that is questionable. And actually, I would not be much of a motivational speaker if I'd not had all those things that had happened to me and I'd shared them. But I'll tell you something, this goes back down to this brain thing that I talked about, about the weight. Most people, when you have some, you're in a bad place in your life or you've had some, some stuff that isn't great or not fun, most people do enough to get away from the pain. What I did, I did the same. And actually, what I've done is I've gone back to these things not so great things in my life and it's a bit like a computer game what's the difference between a level one wizard and a level 20 wizard a level one wizard's got two magic missiles and fight a cobalt and then got to have a sleep and rest a level 20 wizard can, can fireballs flame shields summon dragons and can fight 10 orcs same same person what's the difference the difference is the experience the experience but it's not only the experience it's the battles that they've overcome to get that experience and most people have battles in their life and when anyone's ever in a bad place in their life and constantly you have those people that are in a bad place in their life it's because they've not learned from these battles and what i've done is i've gone back to everything in my life and said right what was the lesson that this was trying to teach me getting shot at what was the lessons being addicted to drugs that he was trying to you know and actually realize something what i was doing with drugs is i wanted to be the person that i am now right i wanted to be robbie williams effectively i wanted to be a success but i couldn't ever become successful so the only way that could be or feel successful albeit briefly was taking drugs and actually this is why from my perspective now you know i don't do drugs anymore i don't need to because i'm happy fundamentally when you get happy when you're and this is where people get it wrong a lot of the stuff on clubhouse you know money 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 at any cost and you end up making money and if you're not happy you end up with success, which is what happened in 2012 for me. I ended up with success. I had all the trappings of success, but I was broken as an individual, like genuinely broken. I remember walking with Doug Tyson, a labradoodle. He's gone now, bless him. Right, but I remember walking him crying out loud, audibly, to myself on the canal. We've got a lovely countryside canal, not like Salford, where I'm from, with canals. Walking along, crying to myself, saying, I just want to feel normal. 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 That's all I said over and over again. And this is like, you know, and I share this because it'll help other people to go, oh my gosh, but the key to this thing is to not allow your stress levels to get to that point because here's the thing, we talk about decisions. People under stress don't make great decisions. So when you're stressed, you're not making good decisions. It goes back down to it. So you're stressed with work or home life or whatever, and you've got a load of money, 
that's when you can get yourself in a proper mess because you've got no limits to what you can do. And that's when you get yourself further and further and further. And that's why people end up in bad places. So people under stress don't make great decisions. So as it, when it comes to making decisions, where you end up is a direct result of your decisions, good ones and bad ones. So I will not make a decision when I'm stressed. I won't do it. So what I do is I make better decisions faster. And I've got a methodology that I can share with you in a second that, 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 that helps with that. But I will not make a decision whilst I'm stressed because people under stress don't make great decisions. So what I would say to any individual is when you're feeling the pain of any of mental or whatever, it's not just one thing that has got you there. It's thousands of things that you kind of disregarded or ignored or said something. When I first moved in this house over in Somerset, <clears throat> I'm coming from Salford, Manchester, living above Masonettes, uh, above Chippies. My, my wife wanted a house with a wood burner. I've got no idea what a wood burner is, by the way. Right? The idea that you light a fire in a house and don't run for insurance purposes is alien to me. <clears throat> but, I, um, but we get a house, and I swear, in each of the, in each of the corners of the front room, on my life, I had a spider in there. I went, that's crackers. I said, do you want me to get them out? And my wife says to me, I swear to you, she said to me, oh, it's all right, I don't mind small spiders. Kerry, where do you think the big ones come from? And this is a good, you know, metaphor for life that so many people don't mind small spiders and then they grow into big fuck off hairy ones. And that's the point. And actually deal with it right now, whatever's going on in your life. Because most people, you know, want to sort their life out and get the big goal. No, it's the thousands of mini little goals. This is where I'm the guy that I am now. Right, is because somewhere along the way I, I, I stopped focusing on the big picture and I focus on the small picture. Focus on the small picture and the big picture will paint itself. I love that, and I, you know what? I, the the most thing I love about the campaign is is getting to meet people, talk, and just these listening to this. Because I got two questions, two really important questions. One is because I always notice with people, and I went through it my same in terms of corporate. So I can only attest what you've been through along your journey as well, where you are now. Was the moments, and could you explain that, that, that what you talk about experiences there and about, about your family and, and your missus, was the times, like a lot of people do, where you're telling yourself you're doing all this so you can spend more time with your family? But in reality, they're only seeing dad and husband not there. So like you're just telling yourself a lie and that's where you've got to a place now where you're like that's that's bs as well you need to so, know so, yes i have but yes i'm still guilty of that because this last year let me be quite clear the idea about work-life balance in the last year is a kind of myth because actually if it had got work-life balance there'd be no there'd be none of this it would have all been gone because that's the reality of it no. is let me be quite clear million pound plus business to zero 15 year business to nothing and actually, you've got bills to pay, offices, staff, da, 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 da. that was not a great place to be in. But yes, you know, that's why I do it. My children's tattoos, that is why I do it. And that's why, you know, anytime I need to draw strength, let me explain something. There's a really poignant point to this. When I look at my life, the reason I got myself in a mess is because I did everything short term and it was about me. If it was left to me, I'd be on a smoking bongs all weekend. But actually, when it was about the children and family, all of a sudden, I need to get serious. It was no longer about short-term, it was about the medium and long-term. And that changed everything for me. So work-life balance and that thing about spending more time with the family, yes, am I guilty of, 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 of being on my phone and, and doing stuff? And actually, yes. And, you know, talk about it. I mean, that's a good example of being imperfectly perfect. You know, it, it's, it's a good example. And I'm mindful of it, but I'm more mindful than I've ever been before. Whereas before, I wasn't aware of it. I was just active. But yes, it's, 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 everything in life is a balancing act, right? Yeah. I'm, you know, we, we, we consciously about where we spend our money, where we spend our money on phones, television, da, 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 da. focus on what you spend your time on. It's a, give it as equal, uh, you know, thought about what you spend your time on because the most important asset that we each have in our life is time. You know, Glenn, we are 25 minutes closer to death the pair of us since we both started this conversation. And actually, you know, death happens to other people. It doesn't happen to us, it happens to someone else. And actually, if you had a clock on your head showing you how much time you had left on your, um, you know, on, your, on, the, on this planet, do you reckon you'd be spending time on 12 hours a day on Clubhouse? Of course you wouldn't. 
Yeah. You'd be spending time with those people that you love and saying the things that you want to do. And I'll tell you something, you'll know this, Glenn. I'm connected to thousands of people due to the fact my network in the UK. But nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows the time. And I'll tell you something, this is why I live every day like it's my last. Not at the expense of tomorrow, because otherwise I'd go and spend all my money on dancing girls. But you see what I'm saying? I live every day and I do what I can to ensure that I say the things that I want to say and there's nothing left uh, left unsaid. That's amazing, mate. I, yeah, I just uh, respect you so much with how you live your life and everything. One of the questions I do want to ask, which it came to me whilst I'm thinking, and this is why I love these conversations just to flow. So for anybody out there, another good friend of mine, um, Angel, she's called, she said something yesterday that was so profound, what I want to bring to you, because she said, if you've got a story, don't let your voice be silenced. Share that story because it can help other people. Now, from where you were in your background to say how you might have felt about yourself, if there's anybody who's ever gone through any kind of addiction or anything and then really wanting to be that voice and sharing it, what would you say? How did you manage to flip the way you thought about yourself to go, hold on a minute, I'm going to use my story to impact and help others and not think of yourself going, I can't do that because of my background and what people will think well, of me. So first and foremost, the reason I stopped doing drugs was because I run out of money. That's the reality of it, right? Now, this goes back down to it. If I would have been in the position that I am now financially, I could have unlimited drugs, right? So go back down to the time when I stopped doing drugs. I remember I got paid 2008 on payday, I owed 3,001 um, and that was before the bought, but paid me rent. And actually, I, this is the point where you'd go and steal your mum's hoover and sell it to cash converters or stop doing drugs. And I made the decision to stop doing drugs, which was about the right time because my children came along shortly after. Um, when it comes to uh, my story, me getting shot at back in 1995, <clears throat> um, 2007, 2008, I got the Salford City Reporter contacted me. I've just started my business off two years before and they wanted to do a full page piece on me. That would have meant me letting everyone know who and where I lived. I said, I'll ring you back. Let, yeah, let's do it. I made the decision. I made the decision to go loud then, right? That was a, a turning point, a crossroads. Remember what I said, where you end up in your life is a result of your good decisions, good ones or bad ones. One more success, make better decisions. And I made a decision then, and that decision was to go loud to stop hiding. Hiding isn't a strategy that can work forever. It's a, it's, it's a strategy that ultimately doesn't work. So I stopped hiding and that's the point. And, 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 and I realized something that never mute your own brilliance because it's too loud for somebody else. And that's what I did. People said, Brad, you're too loud, you're too northern, you're too sweary, you're too this, that and the other. Right? And actually I've done okay as a result of that. So all these things that people said I shouldn't or couldn't be, I've done it and I've outpaced them. And as a result of that, you're gonna get people that say, well, he's a dickhead or is this, that, and the other, because they don't wanna admit that actually they're jealous or whatever, that's life. So what I do is if you think about racehorses, the way that they run a race, they wear blinkers. There's a reason they wear blinkers, they don't give a toss about the competition. And that's what you gotta do, you gotta run your race and you don't wanna be comparing yourself to someone else. Oh, Alan Sugar, oh, Grant Hart, don't stop it. Right, compare you to you. If I compare me now, to me then, I'm a 10 out of 10. If I compare me to, to Richard Branson, I'm a one or a two, forget it. Compare you to you, and that's what I'd suggest. That changes everything when you stop caring about other people, about what they, their view is. And I won't take um, advice or opinions of people that I wouldn't take business advice from. Yeah. And I tell you, don't, when I, it sounds like I said, I don't care about people, I absolutely 100% care about people. I don't care about the opinions of people that don't like me. Couldn't care less, not bothered. Right? And let me tell you, go back down to what I said, two sides of the same coin. Am I Brad Burton, the old Brad, or am I Brad, the new Brad? And what I would say is that people who like me would say, I'm, I'm driven, I'm assertive, I'm motivational, I'm kind, and da, 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 da. people that don't like me say I'm aggressive, swearing, and so forth. Two sides of the same coin. The only way that I'm ever going to be able to appease those people that don't like me is by changing all the things that people in the world like me for. And that's why the world, people end up in the wrong places or bad places because they end up changing or being osmosis about other people and they forget who they are. And that's when you end up living a life that isn't your life. So true. It's so true. And it, it comes back to that whole thing about 
things start progressing or things start happening in your life when you step ultimately into your truth. Truth living for others and living your truth. So ultimately, mate, I want to ask you one big question. I'll ask everybody with everything that you've just brought up and with everything that you live and you stand for, what does being imperfectly perfect mean to you? I think it's a battle of self. I think there's a battle going on right now with every individual. And it certainly was with me. It was like Brexit, 51% good Brad, 49% destructive Brad. So I don't say good. I'd say, I'd say good, positive, constructive, negative, uh, depressed, and so forth. There's a battle going on. I would say, if you go back to me in 2206, there was a battle, that battle, 51%, 49% fight going on. I believe I have cracked that fight. I believe now I'm 95% the, the, the positive, good version of Brad and a 5% uh, bad version. And I believe that that's what that is. I believe that exactly that, that that whole thing is about recognizing that I'm never going to get rid of those flaws. There's some flaws that I'm never going to be able to get shut of. But being aware of them and being able to, to, to tip the balance from that 51, 49% constant fight, which is where I think mentally we, we end up getting in a bad place because we're vying for ourselves. But what has happened is like a tipping point, and I think that's what it stands for for me. Reach that tipping point. But recognise that it's never going to be perverts. It's a myth. Ever. Totally. And I mean, you're, you're now in a position where you get to, obviously, like I said, speak in front of thousands of people on stage. What is something that you notice? Because I know you pay attention and you listen a lot to people. So what is a commonality you notice within the cor corporate sector that you try and empower your words and your message on them? Yeah, well, you know, never underestimate anyone. Never overestimate anyone based on the car they've got. You know, and, and I, I don't look at people with pound notes over their heads. I'm looking for high net worth individuals. Oh, shut up, twat. You know, you know, I'm looking for high net worth individuals in networking. Are you a high net worth individual? No, well, do me a favor, piss off. I need a high net worth individual. You know, just nonsense. I, I treat everyone the same with respect. And that's, and that's what I, I, I urge people, because I go on stage, like, literally thousands of people, and say, you know, how many people would have underestimated me? How many people would have thought I'm the security guard or I'm a, I'm a, gr a group, eh? <laughs> what are they called? A, a road air, there you go, right? I thought it was 1993 again in a travel lodge. Um, but you say, you know, how many people would have underestimated me and got me wrong? And if you've got me wrong, and you've underestimated me, how many times during a day you're doing the same? So treat everyone the same with respect. And that's one of my core cornerstones of what I stand for. See, I'd love it. I'd love it if you've ever had an experience where you walk in, because the way that you describe yourself when you walk, I walk in, tats, bald head, have you ever walked into one of your events and, and, and people were talking to you and you, then you actually get up on stage and speak? <laughs> Numerous times. So uh, once I was speaking at an event and uh, I was back in the wings of, of, of a, an auditorium or whatever, and um, the person, the stage manager or whatever, thought I was a bodyguard for the previous speaker, which is like, fascinating. You know, it's quite cool. As, as, a, as a bloke, I quite like that. But I'm like, listen, I play up to it. Of course I do. I'm good with it because I know what I am. Yeah. I know I've got a face like a potato. I know I look like a football hooligan. I know I look like a drug dealer. I recognize that. I could sit there and go, oh, what I need to do is I need to wear a wig. It's done. I've got this face. There's nothing I can do about it. And, and I think that almost looks at, from, from a life perspective, is it's a bit like this. You've got Gordon Ramsay. He's got the most amazing uh, kitchen surface and all the ingredients. And I've got one right next to him. And we're, uh, you know, we're, we're both... Um, Making it easy, show me how to do souffle, right? Okay, his souffle comes out amazing, mine comes out like terrible. It looks terrible, it tastes terrible. Everything about it, what's going on there? And actually, what the difference is, we've got the same kit is experience, and I've experienced enough to recognize that you know, my ingredients, my ingredients are what they are, right? My recipe that's changed because I still had these old ingredients back in the day, but I tried to fit into corporate, and I've never fit into corporate because I was always a northerner, the daft northerner who nobody could understand, who, who wore a cheap suit. And actually, what, at the point when my life started working was at the point where I went, I can't win that game, <laughs> right? But what I can win is the game of being the UK's number one motivational business speaker. And people go, well, how did you become the UK's number one motivational business speaker? I just made a website and said I'm the UK's number one motivational business speaker. And, and, but, but people go, oh, well, you, you can't do that. Why not? It's a bit like seeing a 20 pound note in a, in a nightclub on the floor and going, Glenn, pick it up. You go, oh no, you pick it up. Go on, Glenn, pick it up. No, you pick it up. Next thing, somebody picks it up. And now me and you are recriminating soldiers to pick it up. You as Nero. Right? And actually, this is the thing. 
is that what you've got to do, go back to what I said before, never mute your own brilliance because it's too loud for somebody else. Don't let people tell you, I had my bank manager tell me I couldn't start a business off. I didn't have enough working capital. Oh, you mean money, right? Why do people make it more complicated? 25 grand in personal debt. My wife tends to go and get a proper job, but at least you know where you stand, really. In today's environment, you really know where you stand with a proper job. No, you don't. When you're on your own business, you know exactly where you stand. Skin, get used to it. But you're not going to start to death. You're going to find a way. We always find a way. And, and often in life, it's one of the things that I've realized is that when it starts getting serious is when you've got rid of the safety net, right? When you've got a safety net, it's like, ah, I've got redundancy. I've got six months worth of money. I'll get around to it tomorrow. When you've got no money, that's when you're going to get serious. And that's what I'd say about anyone who's, who's contemplating right now. Two things that got me through, by the way. Just let me, I've got my notes here. Two things that are useful. Last year, when it was all going wrong, I recognized something that you can't delegate responsibility, right? Those challenges and problems in your life, yeah, you can have a talk about them, but ultimately you've got to sort them out. And when it gets tough, and it will get tough, I want you to, to, to say this to yourself. Get a piece of paper, like, like I swear to you, I've got it here, A3 piece of paper, somewhere knocking around this house, in this room, which I wrote, what does this make possible? When COVID hit a year ago, what does this make possible? And I ended up doing the business plan for my four networking online, took my once 5,000 networking meetings around the UK face-to-face, -face, gone, took it online. What does this make possible? When it gets tough, and it will get tough, I want you to think that you're reading a book. I want you to think that you're reading a book and you're halfway through and the hero of the book is coming to the point where you are right now in your life. And I want you to say to yourself, this is not how this story ends. And I want you to think about the last chapter of that book, how that hero of that book, where did they get to? And then work out the decisions that you need to make in order to get to that point. Wow. I think our audience are going to get so much from this episode. Like each time I listen to you, mate, I just learn something more. But I mean, last couple of questions for you. Like, we can see there on the video for anybody who's listening to the podcast. So you, uh, you're now a full-time selling author. Get off your ass. Now what? Life business just got better. Get off your ass too. Tell people where they can find them because... Tell us what the difference is them because obviously your story's in there, but four books... Explain a little bit about them, mate, because I know people get so much from them. Yeah, totally. So my first book called Get Off Your Ass was me realising changing. And it talks about the reality about setting up a business with no money, with a wife that's telling you to go and get a proper job and, and what have you. And that's kind of charts what I've done with Four Networking, how I started it off. And what's lovely about this is they're like little diaries and time codes, but it intersplices with my life. So Get Off Your Ass is perfect for people who are thinking about starting a business. Get Off Your Ass too was really about me building on a business where I've got a business that is now seemingly, my life has changed and, and, and actually, you know, it's working now. And Vindication, it was my first step into being a kind of motivational speaker and actually changing from being business to motivational. Life business just got easier. Brilliant. That, that's the one that everyone talks about and that's the one where my third book where I talk about a nervous breakdown I, I had a nervous breakdown in there it took me two and a half years to get fixed mentally I'm all right now right but I would I would hope that I can never write that book again I would hope that I'm not religious to God that I could never write that book again because I was dark but what it allowed me to do was to capture and it was almost like a it was almost like a tectonic plates had shifted. It allowed me to get to thoughts that I never thought I knew they was there. So life business just got easier for people who are struggling. Uh, I think uh, mentally I've got challenges in their life and they're kind of really not certain of their next step. Now what? I reached a point where at 42, 48 now, 42, I'd got everything that I could ever dream of from a material perspective. I'd reached every single one of my goals. And bear in mind, 31, 11 years prior, I'm delivering pizzas right so now this kind of working class lad has now got everything that he could ever wish for from a material perspective and it was like now what and that's when i realized that the secret of life and the secret of success is nothing to do with money it's to do with being happy and fundamentally i don't care how much money you've got answer this question how happy are you on a scale of one to ten because actually if you've got millions of pounds in the bank and you're unhappy then guess what you're doing it wrong and that's where i'm at so that's pretty much a good overview but any of them will work um like you can read it watch them in the, sorry read them independently but they're all joined together and, and and they kind of loop back but like i said they all work independently if you was going to start on one i'd suggest you start on now what a life business just got easier it's funny because i'm on i'm on your your last one when you when you shot them over to me like i read one of them, I think, in two days because I couldn't okay. put it. And I love the progression. 
So you've mm-hmm. lived, like, a lot of people do an autobiography, whereas you've taken oh. us on a journey. And I haven't told you this, but I actually, I bought myself a diary and started writing my thoughts down each day since reading one of your books. Because I was like, someone said that to me once and goes, you know, when you were struggling, did you write it down? I was like, no, because I wanted to get through that part. Let me show you, let me show you something. So this is, uh, this is as real as it gets. So this is my notes for book five, right? So I'm actually writing book five at the moment, right? This is my notes for book five. So I have notes like what you've done there. And also, let me show you this. I'll give you the exclusive now. This is my planning for book five, right? So this is my, my literature. So I don't, so there's a book five coming that people don't know about. And you've had the exclusive there. And that's my, um, my Brad Burton book. So I'm, I'm actually planning. So the key to writing any book, but that's what, you know, going back to these four books, what's lovely is it's as real as it gets. So I've captured everything about my life in the last 15 years and also the lessons that I've, ca- that I've learned on the way. And what's going to be amazing is I'll be sharing, you know, what happened in the last year when we were book five about COVID and but the lessons, that, that ability to be able to move fast under pressure. Let me share with your audience, Glenn, something that really will change everything. In that when it comes to making decisions, where you end up is a result of your decisions, good ones or bad ones. Now, what I believe is an expert, when it comes to book writing, when it comes to motivational speaking, an expert is someone that has made all the mistakes in a particular niche field. So when you make a decision, if you get it right, it moves you one step towards success. If you get it wrong, it moves you one step towards being an expert. As long as you learn from that mistake, it's fine. It, that's what an expert is. Now, when it comes to making decisions, the reason that um, people don't make decisions is they're scared they're the wrong ones. Right? The only time you realise whether it's a right or wrong one is after the event. No one, including me, wakes up and says, I'm going to go and fuck up today. So, so when it comes to making decisions, I am the easiest person. You contact me or your team contact me and said, look, do you want to go in this? Yeah, boom, straight away. 24 seconds. So this is something that Bentley Global use uh, as part of their enterprise team. Um, and the reason that Bentley Global use it is because I taught it them. Brad Burton, the former drug addict, the guy who got shot. Sorry, not that one. The other one. Right? So when it comes to making decisions, I'm the easiest person in the world to sell to. I will make a decision in 24 seconds. If I can't make a decision in 24 seconds, I'll make it in 24 minutes. If I can't make it in 24 minutes, I'll make it in 24 hours. If after 24 hours, I can't make a decision, I've just made a decision, it's not important, next. And that is what has got me through my my recent life, put it that way, because it only came up with that concept. So I move so fast, 24 seconds, 24 minutes, 24 hours, and this is it, and actually make a decision, because there's no correlation between time spent on a decision and, and, and it being the correct one. That's proven, like with science or whatever. There's no, so, so just make a decision and live with the outcome. And that's what I say, when, when it comes to making decisions, what's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? What's the most likely scenario? If I can live with the downside of any decision, I'll go for it. Wow. And I'm sure everyone's going to take so much from that. So make sure you get in a pen and paper when Brad speaks because you <laughs> learn so much all the time. Um, last question for you, mate. I, I really want to know this one. And I like to finish it off with everything that you've learned throughout everything. When you finally, as, as kind of this, as a guy, the masculinity, when you were struggling, if anything you've learned from sharing your story or that first time that you opened your mouth as a guy and actually said you were struggling to somebody, what or how did you feel? Did it feel like a weight of your shoulders? Because what I'm getting at is I want people to know that it's okay, even as a guy, it is okay anyway for anybody to know that. Seek help if you need. Have these hard conversations. So what would you say in all the lessons you've learned from when you opened up? So have the honest conversation with yourself, right? You remember what I said, people under stress don't make great decisions. So therefore, the key to this is getting your stress down. Do not allow yourself, if you imagine your stress levels turning up, something I, I teach people about this is, are you in, in fact, let me just show you something again. I'll show you this. So this is something that I teach people. Let me just see, I've got it here. So this is another thing for you. This is my, one of my thingies, right? One of my programs. That there, intensity and recovery. Right, goes up to four, red or four black. Think about this as a good way to suss out where you are. Think about it like a bank account, your brain, your mental health, like a bank account. Are you in the black or are you in the red, right? Black or red, which one is it? If you're in the red, go and see your bank manager. Your bank manager is your friend, your best friend. It's so simple. 
Go and see your friend and say, listen, I'm struggling at the moment. Boom. Right? That is the hard conversation that you need to have. The first one with yourself to say, I'm in the red or I'm in the black right now. So the way I do it is on a scale of one to four. So black one to four, red one to four. Okay? If you said to me now, what's my uh, stress, you know, which one am I, am I, as of right now, I'd be a black three. Now, here's the thing. What happens is when you're like red three and red four, and last year I was red four. But I had to work because if I didn't do it, the business is going to go on and boom, 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 boom. And I just kept going and going and going until I couldn't go anymore. So when you, you know, you're like a red two or a red three, you can't suddenly go, oh, well, I've got a day off tomorrow. I'm going to go to the beach with the kids and the family and have an ice cream and have fish and chips. That's just going to the beach for a day with ice cream and fish and chips. And what you'll do, you'll move it down maybe half a point. You don't go from four to black. It doesn't work like that. So think about this. This is like almost like a dial, right? And you go and rev a car, I don't care how powerful it is. You go and rev a car, a Ferrari, with no oil in it, you're going to damage the engine. And actually, if you go and rev a Ferrari, no matter how, how thing it is, how, how powerful it is, if you rev it too much in the red, you blow your engine. Same principle. Use these principles. And this is what I teach people. It's that whole thing there. So think about it. Are you in the black? Are you in the red? If you're in the red, Go and speak to a friend of yours. That is the first thing you need to go and do. Speak to your best mate and say, listen, I'm struggling at the moment, boss done. Right? And that's it. It's sorted. But what we end up doing is we think, well, I can't because they've got problems at the moment. I can't. Boom, 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 boom. But what you've got to do is once you've caught this, I've got a team around me. I've got hundreds of people that are on this caper. So I know that when I speak to my team and I can see the stress, I say, what, what's your number at the moment? Oh, red one. Cool. Do yourself a favor. Get tomorrow off get Tuesday off. So we're at it. So we've got a way as a management team to be able to say, how happy are you? On a scale of one to 10, what's your stress levels at the moment? Oh, black two. Perfect. You know where people are because actually people are stressed. Giving them more work when they're stressed doesn't get it done. It just gets them more stressed. That's so powerful, man. And see, every time I, I listen to you speak, I learn something. Like the way to listen. So, yeah. so what I think is lovely about this, right, is that because I'm just a thick northerner, right? And you know, well, how are you qualified to talk about that? Listen, if you can do the job, you're qualified. Anyone who's ever got a qualification, that qualification is made up by someone clever, right? So I make my own stuff up. That's it, I don't need to be, but I'm telling you, that principle about use your brain as, as, as a bank account, black or red, is the simplest way to be able to establish where your pals are. If they're in the red, let's do something to get that down. What do you need to do? What's your enjoyment? I play computer games. Right, but what you've got to avoid is all stressed out. I know what I'm going to do, do. Get some fags, get some drugs, drink some alcohol. Because all it does is offsets it. For that time being, then you wake up, your head's still twatted, and you're now creating a bigger problem. So you know, you're overeating. Not a problem. It is after you've done for six months, and now you're conscious of that. Oh, my body's not the same way. And so it continues. People, people, people. Use your head like a bank account. Keep yourself in the black. And you did, I'm mind blown just listening to you. Because even when you talk about that, like when people are qualified and they get the qualifications and you make it up and stuff like that, that way of looking at it, you know what? Sometimes they say, common sense, we need put it in front of us at times. Like, because my wife always says to me, my wife academically, and then she says, but you're street smart. Like what you come out with just makes sense sometimes. And that I listen to you speaking is is what's led you to so much success. Glenn, people say to me, you know, who made you the expert, Brad? I did. And that's what you've got to do. You don't need permission. You don't need permission to be anything you want. Whilst I was waiting for permission for me to, you know, start a business off and this, that, and the other, I would be waiting a long time. I was waiting to get promoted. Forget it. Get your own promotion, right? Get your own promotion. This is what I've done. I'm living proof. I'm a guy that has lived on council states, no qualifications, addicted drug size, got shot at, done four years on benefits. What's your excuse? And that's exactly what it is, an excuse, because it all starts with baby steps. You can't skip the steps. So many people want to go into a clubhouse and sign up to a course, and then you get to the top. It doesn't work like that. You've got to, you know, if I want to get to the top of my stairs in my house, I can't run from the bottom to the top. I can do a jump and maybe get three or four steps in and get bruised knees. Take your time. Take your time. Walk, talk, keep moving forward. It's the process that makes you, isn't it? I think that's, that's the most important thing. Like, it's these life's lessons. And if you mm. want to be taken from A to Z, like, I think as people who help people and empower people, you're going to give them a disservice if they're not learning these lessons because you want to set them up for longevity. And then this is the thing, you know, you don't learn how to box through reading a book or watching a YouTube video. You learn how to box about getting punched in the mouth. 
right? And it's a contact sport. Life is a contact sport. And that's what you've got to recognize yourself. But don't talk yourself into fights that you don't really want, right? This is the thing. I'm a motivational speaker. I have died loads of times in front of audiences. I've been told to, I'm speaking in front of 80 people, get to Manchester. I've been drove up there with my own time and money to then speak to three people in a, with 80, 77 chairs empty. And that's what you've got to do. You can't skip the steps. Take your time to get to see where everyone wants to be. You've got to go by A and B. And A and B is the tough bit. A and B is the bit where people say, go and get a proper job. A and B is the bit where you wonder whether you can do this, but you can. You're stronger than you believe you are. And this is what this whole year has taught me. Somebody said the other day, did an interview, he said, you know, what's it taught you? Resilience. One of my biggest, biggest, that, that bounce back ability, that ability to go, you know what? I've still got more in the tank. I can do this. And even when you're not recognizing you've not got more in the tank and actually go and rest. Because actually, you think about a fighter, fighter does a heavyweight fight, they don't go, oh, I'll tell you what, let's have another fight. They go and have a six month rest, and that's what you've got to do. I do something called burst working. So, what I do right now is I do one hour of intensity in the morning, and then the rest is just unfolds in the day. And another hour of intensity in the afternoon, and the rest just unfolds. Whereas the old Brad was like, bam, 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 intensity. It's crackers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you speak so much truth, and I can just my, myself what I've been through and learning from you. I'm just, yeah. Because I was led by that masculine energy where you just go, 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 and you just don't. Hey, hey, hey. I'm the biggest alpha male I know, right? <laughs> but it's stupid. It's pointless. Let me tell you, I've got friends of mine who are SES men and, 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 and armed police officers and this, that, and the other, right? I've got like, loads of people that I know that. Are, and actually, once you get beyond the bullshit, right? Once you get beyond that, recognize that everyone is the same. Get beyond that stupid suit of armor that you wear that you believe that protects you, it doesn't, doesn't protect you, it keeps you weighted down. To be honest about it, you know, what do you with anyone go, oh, he's got no masculine energy, me, you know, come on, right? The reality is absolute alpha male, but I recognize that I am skin and bones. And actually, if this goes, I ain't an alpha male. I'm no, I'm no lion if this goes, and that's what I recognize. And it's why you've got to be so focused on this is your best chance of success. This is your best chance of failure. And actually, your decisions are going to define whether that's you're your successful or it's going to make you a failure. Man, I am just so honoured you took some time out to come out and share your story and, and do this because it's been so profound, not only for listeners, but for me every time I speak to you. But what, what's coming up next for you? Obviously, book five, that was an exclusive there. But what else is, is coming up for Brad? Where can people find out? Let me tell you, mate. Right, this is a classic. I had some clown on Clubhouse telling me I've got self-limiting beliefs. Right, I've got a most amazing house, family, money, businesses, da, 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 da. And somebody said, oh, why don't you go to America if you're that good? Why don't you go to America and, and, and take America over? I said, whilst there's a single person in Scunthorpe that doesn't know about me as a motivational speaker, why am I getting on a plane? Well, you'd be our fly business class if you're so successful. Honestly, I've got a perfectly good bed here. Like, like why? Let me tell you what's next for me. I am... Um, it's a bit like playing a game of a pontoon or blackjack. You're supposed to get 21, king and an ace, and that's like the winning hand. I'm on an 18, and I'm quite happy speaking. All I want next for me is to maintain this level of happiness, of contentment. That's it. I don't want a Lamborghini. I don't want this, that, and the other. I've got a daft car. It's pointless. Just stupid. I'm 48. When do you reckon it's a good time for me to start enjoying my life? Because if I work really hard, I could globally take myself over as a, a representative. I could, but what it takes to, to, to take over anywhere. But why? What is it about? I had a mate of mine, and I was having a, a thingy with him um, from Yorkshire, actually, um, Kirklees. Right? So I was having, I was having a, a gaucho steak with him. I've stopped eating meat now, I'm vegetarian. Now, do you know, by the way, you're speaking to a vegetarian, don't worry, I'll tell you. And anyway, this, a couple of years back, and he's got a two million pound business from working class, lad. Got two million quid business. I said, mate, you've achieved so much. I'm so proud of you. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, I'm going for a 10 million pound business now. I goes, really? He said, yeah. I said, what, 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 why 10 million pound? Well, you know, so I can get the nice things from my family. Like, what? Well, you know, the nice things from my family. No, don't tell me. Well, you know, no, I don't. I'm going to ask you one last time. And he went like this. I went, mate, how old was your boy? He said, five. I said, how long is it going to take you to, to get this 10 million pound business? He said, eight to 10 years. How old will your boy be then? 15. Do you reckon he'll still want to go to professional wrestling with you? Do you reckon he'll still want to play football with dad? No. So why are you doing it? To get the nice things. But maybe the nice things is that you go spend some time with your boy now and actually don't worry about building your business. And it blew his head off. And as a result of that, he changed his, his direction. And that's it. You know, I need to tell you. So what's next for me? Mate, I've achieved every, I've, I've completed the game of life. 
right? And I'm just happy to be happy. I'm hoping we continue to be healthy and I can, can continue to be content, truly content with my life. Like genuinely, I want for nothing and it's just wild. And my whole MO is to make a positive difference and do what I can to help other people realize their dreams. And it's not like a, oh yeah, you come to my mastermind group and I'm telling you, I'm, that's, that's not me. I'm genuinely out there to try and make a positive difference and show people that actually look, if I can do it, yeah. you can do it as well, but you've got to find your level. You've got to find what's right for you. You know, there's a reason that Elon Musk wants to go to Mars. That's him. You know, Elon's a joker. He could go to Jupiter. I'm dicking about with Mars. You know, when does it end? When does it end? When does it end? And actually, for me, that chasing and constant striving, it's already ended. I'm quite happy maintaining. But it really, oh man, it just oozes off you. Your energy, you can tell you're in a contented place and, and it, like, <laughs> happiness, mate. But when, when, when I wrote this in 2012, I wasn't in a good place. On yeah. a scale of one to 10, I said how happy I was. I was a one. I was broken. It took me two and a half years, one, to get to two, to three, to four, to get my mental health back. It took me two and a half years. Wouldn't it have been better if it didn't break my mental health? Trying to pursue, yeah. you know, what I got? Success. Success. I was ill. For what? Because I try to get a big business and a big office and then pointless, pointless, absolutely pointless. So anybody listening out to this, you're an entrepreneur, solopreneur, corporate leader, take these words from Brad because he's been through the ringer, as we say back home. Well, let, let me just say one thing about this. I'm not anti-money in any way or form. I'd rather more money than less. Let me be quite clear. But what I say to people is be ambitious, be driven but be happy. And when your drive and ambition is causing you to be unhappy, you found your level. Yeah, that's it. Be happy there. Right? That's it. Peg it. Boom, boom. This is where I'm at. So I'm, I've got, like I say, sensible setup now and, and what have you. But I'm ambitious. I'm driven. But I'm happy. And actually, if I was to push really hard, I could make more success, but my happy would probably come down. I'm quite happy pegging it just here. Man, amazing, amazing. Where can people find out about you and where can people get your books as well? Yeah, Amazon, Amazon.co.uk is where, where all my reviews are. So I know you've got a global audience, but just Google Brad Burton and anyone's got any speaking gigs that you want to go and drag out somebody who looks like a drug dealer, I'm not, by the way, uh, global at bradburton.biz. You'll find everything that you need to do to work with me. And do find me on social media as Brad Burton, Brad Burton, Brad Burton. Good looking lad, face like a potato. Uh, and I, did, uh, did it tell you about my religion? Uh, let me tell you about my religion, one line. I, I've got a religion that I don't like to talk about. It's called Bradism. Help me now. Hurt few, live life. And if you can live your world to that basis, help many, hurt few, live life, life will be a whole lot easier. May, that is going to be the title for this episode. That is amazing, amazing. So I just want to say on behalf of me, behalf of the campaign, everybody that's listening, thank you so much for what you do in this world. Thank you for being a part of the campaign and getting behind the global efforts, just simply to change the narrative around mental health and get people speaking. So... Thank you very much, mate. And guys, you can find all the links and everything about Brad on this episode, which will be out shortly. So please remember to go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, give us a share, like, and subscribe to the channel. But until next time, guys, keep having the hard conversations because it's the hard conversations that are going to save lives. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.